0: The following podcast is a mass media production.
1: Hi, I'm Josh Galindo.
0: And I'm Crystal Galindo. Welcome to the Going Galindo, Rugrats and Renovations podcast.
1: A lifestyle podcast where we will offer our experience and expertise in building real, lasting wealth through renovating and flipping homes.
0: And the chaos that comes with balancing a family of six, leaving nothing unsaid.
1: Follow our wild ride we call life and apply our lessons to your own journey.
0: Hey guys, it's not too late to be a sponsor of the show. If you're interested in getting your business in front of our listeners, please send us a direct message on our Going Galindo social channels.
1: All right, good morning, Josh Galindo here. We are recording another episode for Going Galindo Rugrats and Renovations, and today we have a special guest. Um... Uh, I was on his podcast, and uh, I really enjoyed my time there, so we invited him over uh, to be on ours. A little bit about this special guest is uh, he's an active real estate investor and entrepreneur since 2002, focusing on the niche of distressed mortgage notes. Since 2008, he's purchased over $1 billion in distress notes on residential and commercial properties all across the country. He's helped thousands of real estate investors and entrepreneurs create wealth through his debt-buying tactics and classes, helping his students close thousands of deals. He also hosts a nationally syndicated radio and podcast Note Closer Show podcast. An avid sports fan, he spends his free time traveling, gardening, and making memories. He calls Austin, Texas his home. And uh, his better half is Stephanie and their four-legged kids. Great. So uh, let's go ahead and welcome Scott Carson, a.k.a. The Note Guy. So What's I hope I did on? you justice there.
2: <laughs> uh, great. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Thank you for the intro. Glad to be here, everybody. I, haven't been, I I need to get back out to Vegas. I used to spend almost every October in Vegas for like back-to-back-to-back to back to back conventions uh, for like five years straight. October was just out there. And uh, my liver is probably thanking me more now than I'm not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, uh, what were the conventions related really, uh, about real estate? It was, stuff? Always,
2: it was debt, debt investing. We had like a noteworthy okay. summit. We had a uh, association of private lenders conference. We had the, uh, the fetish ball, which is always fun on Halloween at that neck of the woods. At uh, Hard that the palms that was, it was at the palms once is that, uh, Hard Rock, then they moved out to Red Rock. They they bounced it all over because they as they uh they screw stuff up. But Vegas is always one of my favorite markets. Oh
1: so. man, it's a great time. It's a great. I, I love it out here. You know, I feel it. I wish I had a Vegas to go to. Is what I tell yeah. people. I really sure. do. You know, like when Chris and I are like my wife, Chris and I are like, uh, oh, let's go somewhere. You know, you show up. It doesn't have the the customer service that we're used to here. Doesn't have the twenty four hour access that we're used to here. And you can't get, you know, you go to California hotels, $600 a night, you know, you can literally go to the Cosmo, have the best of everything for $160 on a, on a, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's, it's just crazy how, how spoiled we are here. So Scott, I love what you do. I, and I was, when I was on your, your podcast, I was itching to start asking you all the questions about you. Um, Cause I'd love to really get educated on, on what it is that uh a, a more, I know what you do, but. I, I'd love to understand how you do it. Um, and then obviously for my listeners, um, you know, there's a thousand ways in real estate. When I first got into real estate, I'm going to just distract myself here. When I first got into real estate, the gentleman that that taught me the game sat me at a table and said, here's what I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you there's a million ways to skin a cat. Yeah, Have you heard that
2: one? Amen to that. Yeah. Okay. There is. And I,
1: at the time, I had no clue what that meant. I thought it was just a really wild uh, analogy, but you know, that's what he did. And, 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 and he was an expert in all facets of it, hidden development and buying distressed notes, which is where I learned about it from, um, you know, uh, cash flowing assets. He's obviously in much bigger stuff. He was buying commercial buildings and so forth. But uh, so I like to preach to everybody. There's a lot of different ways to make money. What's what I often see people do is they see me flipping homes and they are ready to abandon what has been working so well for them and jump over and go, I want to do what you're doing. I want to flip homes. It's like, wait, but you're a successful real estate agent making, you know, 500,000, 700,000 million dollars a year. Like if that's working for you, stay in that space. So anyway, hopefully today we could talk about something that, uh, that could help us all make a little extra money or another way that, that it can be done. So, so, Scott, I'm going to tell you what I think I know about your game, and then I'd love to hear you um, get into some detail. Long story short, you have a borrower that, you know, owes the bank $300,000. The house is worth three fifty. dollars They haven't made payments in forever, or they make payments, and they quit making payments, and they start making payments. Long, and then, they, you know, now they, and then they file bankruptcy, and they get out of bankruptcy. But the point is that they become a real nuisance to the bank, and the bank says, "I I'm over. I'm over this property. Uh, servicing this loan or owning this note, I'm going to sell that a discount to somebody else to take over this headache. And then you can choose to do what you want with it, either continue to work with that borrower, um, pursue all your rights under the deed of, note and deed of trust um, and foreclose, and then take the property and go. So you tell me real life scenario, that's my hypothetical. What What does it look like in real life? That's
2: that's, that's pretty close. You mean, Most people think about note investors as somebody who's originating notes they're doing owner financing or wraparound mortgages and that's a small small facet but i mean i've done it for years going back 17 18 years now and in the origination side being a previous financial advisor and a mortgage broker back in the day but um since 2007 that's what i have basically focused on is we deal directly with banks uh we're not going after borrowers individually that's a nightmare sure, a drama, i could imagine a drama show we don't want to be involved with that did you ever do it uh, We've done like, a little you start bit of that, out we, that way or something. Oh, I, yeah. I've been a fix and flipper, a rehabber, subject to deals, done just about everything. Had a very similar mentor teach me all the different ways to make money. And then I was doing fix and flipping the rentals here in Austin besides running a mortgage company. You know, I was investing the side. And then when everything hit the fan in 2007, 2008, the mortgage industry, I was very fortunate to have some mentors say, listen, this is the time you've been dabbling in the note space. With all this distressed debt, it's like the RTC days, the Resolution Trust Corporations, the savings and loan defaults that took place in the late 80s. That was just a huge amount of distressed debt that hit the market, and billions was made. A huge wealth transfer taking place. And so I said, like, okay, I'll do what I need to do. So I started dialing for dollars and started calling the same banks and lenders that I used to originate for to see what they had in their books because they had all this distressed debt. And so that's what we did. We, we literally will get lists from banks on a monthly, quarterly basis of – all their, their problem child, the problem borrowers, whether they're, you know, they got equity or they're upside down in their houses. I mean, we're getting lists. Uh, I'll give you a great example. Just made an a offering on, uh, we had a listing of 231 assets from a bank, oh. made an offer on 58 of them yesterday. Average bid we made on it was about uh, it was 57 cents on the dollar of current market value. Uh, yeah. A lot of them hadn't had been paid on in like three or four years. So they owe more than the property is actually worth, even with appreciation. So uh, we buy that debt at a big discount. If the bank agrees to our price, we then become the bank. And then we have the same rights to work out with the homeowner. Like, listen, hey, thanks for not paying ABC Bank, Josh, but you've now got you to pay me. And I'm, I know you haven't paid in two, three years or 12 months or whatever. It's usually six months or greater is what we target. Can you start paying again? Can you get back on the right track? If yes, great. Can you bring a little bit extra to the game? If you can do that to get caught back up, great. Do that for 12 months, and then we'll remodify, recalibrate your loan to forgive anything you're over-encumbered on or adjust your rates if you got a higher interest rate, stuff like that. The whole goal of what we do is really not to own the property. It's actually just to own the debt. I'm, I'm basically – a- ask you
1: that. What, what was your best-case scenario? So you you prefer to stay in just collecting the money?
2: Oh, man. I, if, I, if I can get a bar back on track and they bring some skin in the game and they pay monthly – And I don't have to pay attorney fees to foreclose. I don't have to do rehab costs. If I bought it at 57 cents on the dollar and after 12 months of on-time payments, I could sell that note at 85, 90, 95% of what's owed or value and cash out without having to do any rehabs with any sales, paying any commissions or anything like that. And that's like a
1: beautiful model.
2: It's well, that's why banks are so big. They understand borrowing cheap money and they go out and make loans and exponentially, you know, the velocity of capital. That's why. Banks are always trying to make loans every month. They're they're trying to go out and leverage and not make you know they they lend money at one percent and and you know taking in at one percent and then lending out five they're not making four percent they're making four hundred percent on their money. And give so me that's an education
1: there. Why it sounds like you really understand that space clearly you do. Will you give me an education? I'd love to hear, understand that in better in better depth. How do they? Because. Yeah, if you would have asked me, I'd have said, you know, yeah, you, you put a million bucks in their bank, they pay you 0.3%, and they're lending it to, to, to me at 3%, and they get the VIG, and they just have so many people that do that, that it allows them to pay their bills. But that sounds like a very amateur, not maybe not amateur is not the right way, but uh, there, there's a much more complicated way where they're making more money.
2: Well, that's, that's where it comes down to, is they're making exponential Difference between what they're paying out at 0.01% and then, you know, charging one, per, even in the mortgages, they're paying, let's look at this, a CD, a Certificate of Disappointment, as we like to say. Making <laughs> 0.01%, okay? okay. Even if they're lending it out 1%, they're making 10 times what they're paying out. That's a, you know, that's ridiculous. And if they, that's just on that. Now, if they're lending out in credit cards, making 18, 19%. Oh, yeah, that's a different story. But that's the same thing. They're arbitraging that funds. This is why banks want to be in the lending business, not in the property business. If a bank has to take a property back, it's actually a non-performing asset to them because now they've got to fix it up. Now it's not generating any type of income. This is the one thing to keep in mind. This is why banks aren't in the rental business. They don't want to deal with the manpower. This is what I like about being in the note business is nobody calls the bank at 2 o'clock in the morning when the AC goes out in the middle of the summer. Nobody calls the bank when little Timmy flushes his rubber ducky down the toilet and it's flowing. You know what I mean?
1: Or, or little Jagger the other day.
2: Yeah. That's my and so that you know, and that's, <laughs> there, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages to each one. But what we like is fact that in the note business, we're seeing deals usually six to 12 months ahead of when it hits in the MLS or hits traditional investors out there because we're dealing with the debt and we've got some time to buy. And depending on where we're buying at. like I'll give you an example. We love Florida, love God's waiting room as I like to call it, okay, Uh, it it takes about a year to foreclose there. So if we buy it six months in default, great. It's still six months before anybody would see it as a traditional REO. And often that time we'll have worked out that loan, got the bar back on track, and they're performing at this point now that we just retain for cash flow without any of the the crazy overhead. Or if we do, hey, we'll give the the bar some money to walk, and then it becomes an REO, our own asset, that we could sell on the open market, keep it as a rental, or uh, do whatever we want with it at that point.
1: So, what, how much do you have to buy? Like, let's let, here, here,
2: here. There's a
1: there's a, quite a few questions here because as a as a as a newbie sitting here understanding your game, I'm actually experiencing probably what it sounds like or what it feels like for someone that is experiencing me talk about my game, and then they want to slow me down and go, wait, 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 okay. And I'm over here going, it's easy. You just buy a house, you fix it up, you sell it, you know, and you do 130 <laughs> of them a year, you know. Right. Um, but so. Okay, so I want to ask good questions. One, how much money do you have to? Because if you're holding these, you almost have to have an unlimited amount—not unlimited, but a, a ton of money—to be able to tap back into to buy another round. Do you recycle it? Do you reuse the same capital? Um, and then, uh, is there a minimum? Like, can a, can can I come in with a million bucks and buy these things, or do so, I need to have ten million dollars? Let
2: me let me clarify all these. these are really great questions. So first and foremost, yes, you can buy one-off notes. But you can't go buy a one-off note from Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, Citibank. The bigger institutions, it's not worth their time to sell a one-off note. Sure. They want you to buy a $50 million uh, portfolio. Wow. Okay, that's fine. There's a lot of other individual lenders, REITs, portfolio lenders out there who have originated loans over the last forever that have stuff on their books that they're looking to get rid of. There's other REITs that have you know, originated notes and, and then turned them into a portfolio That'll sell a one-off note. Like I said, this this portfolio of 231 notes in, in 25, 30 states, I made a bunch of offers, you know, 48-plus. I could have just made one if I liked the asset on there. You know, there was three in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, it stands out to me. I made an th- offer in all three of them. There was a couple in Las Vegas, Nevada, actually. Actually, let's, let's run through this. This would be a really good idea. Oh, You're talking buddy, about-
1: I would love that. Please give me the Vegas scenario.
2: Okay, so this is an individual bar. I I just I don't remember the numbers on it, so I actually have the spreadsheet pulled up because I was. Is any of this
1: recent, relevant, like today or this past? This this is like
2: literally bid submitted last night at five o'clock p.m. I I love it. Please tell me. Okay, so it's uh my 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 Excel's working warm here, but bars behind we get this tape in, and these borrowers haven't made a payment anywhere from six months to six years. Okay, Hmm. here we go. This house uh, it's over on Timberhorn Court in Las Vegas eight nine one four seven. Okay
1: okay have the dip code
2: yeah borrowers hasn't made a payment since May of last year, so they're right. they're literally uh seventeen months behind their full payoff full payoff is three hundred thirty eight occupied single family home the b p o came in at roughly around three ninety nine okay we made an offering at two hundred grand on that yesterday this you know they haven't made a payment 15, no', no maybe seventeen months we made an offer at two hundred. The value is $399. i am not going to bid really more than 70% of what's owed on that note. Now, there's equity according to what our online value shows. There's roughly about uh, $50,000 worth of equity, which we all know that can go here and there depending on the market. But right. we really believe that the value is at that $399 mark. So if we get it at $200, even we get it at, say, $275, uh, it's still a home run for us because yeah. it, we can modify the interest rate on this thing, the borrower's paying um, – Hang on, and pull that over. Do I have that up here? I don't have that on here right now. It's on a different spreadsheet. (laughs) But the loan was originated back in 2015. You know, so it's not going to be a really low interest rate for the
1: most part. Five percent, four and a half, five percent. Yeah, exactly.
2: It's not a a government-backed loan, so it's not uh, the lender had done a forbearance agreement, but it wasn't required like the government-backed loans are. Right, right. So we buy this at, say, we'll just say they counter back at 250. We'll buy it at 250. We'll work, reach out to the bar and say, "Hey, let's either pay us, or we'll start the foreclosure process. If they won't pay us, they could list the property for sale and and move out it, and we get paid off in full at the auction. Or if they sell it off, we get our full payoff at the three thirty eight. So it turns into an eighty thousand dollar profit for us without having to fork, without us having to foreclose or rehab the property.
1: These are unbelievable margins. It's like making me salivate. I mean, this is this is." So how big of a package, do you mind? And I don't want to dig into your, no, your. okay. So let's just say focus on this Vegas one. Cause I remember these tapes back in the day and you'd get a tape and there'd be 10 in Vegas and 64 in Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I don't want anything in Oklahoma. Well, you got to buy both. So- Well,
2: that's different now. If you don't, okay. it's not, now, don't get me wrong. There are some banks that want you to buy it all. You, don't, you just don't buy those. More banks realize that there's plenty of investors in other areas that can buy onesy Twosies. Now I buy in about thirty states, so my offer to buy a bigger portfolio versus just one off in Vegas actually adds value. I've got a bunch of Ohio I'm buying that are like worth fifty thousand dollars. I'm picking, I'm gonna hopefully pick up for somewhere between fifteen and twenty five thousand that were part of that bid too. So if I make a bid at forty eight, my bid stands out stronger because then the seller's only dealing with one investor versus forty eight investors. Um, but you know that's the people thing about the note business is there's a lot. It's a smaller market than your fix and flippers or your landlords. So a lot of times, like we had, I've got uh, five of my students that co bid on some assets. They you know submitted individual offers that we attach to our bid. So it's kind of like we're buying in bulk. They get a bulk discount uh, versus trying to go out and buy the best asset and, and paying through the note. So you can sure. buy one off notes. The more you buy, usually the better discount. The stronger the bid is. Um, who knows what the seller is going to come back? They gave us some rough pricing estimates, but. The thing I love about notes is that we I don't usually pay over 70% of value. It's just not worth it. At that point, it makes more sense to go buy an REO or chase down on the MLS. Kind of like what well, your strategies are sharing with, on my show. You know what I mean? I want to bang on you a little bit more on this this Vegas home. So is that one house in Las Vegas?
1: Yep. Okay, that wasn't a part of a bigger package.
2: It's It's part of 231 assets that were sent to me that I could cherry pick from.
1: And only, okay, and then you only got one in Vegas. There was only oh, the one like, in Vegas. Interesting,
2: okay. And then we, we, there's, uh, there was, like, there was 25 in Connecticut, which I didn't like. Uh, there was uh, 38 in Florida, which we made offers on 15 in Florida. I, like I said, I love God's waiting room down the neck of the woods. I love the so, <laughs> Yeah, you know, And the, my biggest goal is I don't want to do rehabs because no, that's not a man, use of my time. Yeah. It we'll isn't
1: a headache. To pay in the ass of flipping. selling's easy. buying's easy. It's a construction. Yes. Exactly. Man, exactly. you really, yeah. So, okay, so where do you get the money?
2: So we raise private capital from investors out okay. there. We, we do a big marketing push to self-directed IRA investors that will fund our individual deal. We've got a fund that will be up and running by the end of the year. We're excited about that. Um, do you and, want to plug it, or is it, does it help you to uh, plug it's it? It's not ready yet. I can't plug okay. it yet until right. we get ready there. But thanks though. When it is, I'll come back to. It. We can replug it or whatever. All right. What I'm getting is we do. There's a lot of people out there that have IRA accounts that aren't doing anything. So they're making zero. They can't buy anything in California. They can't buy anything in Vegas individually because they only got 50 or 100 grand sitting there. And so we use a lot of other people's money to borrow it, give them a decent return, 6 to 8% passively. We go buy the asset. We either a, get it back over making payments. And part of our structure is when we buy, if we're going to keep it in a cash flow, it's got to bring in at least a 12 to 12% or greater ROI in the cash flow. Otherwise, it's not worth it to us. Otherwise, it makes more sense for us to foreclose and go there. And I actually, yeah, well, This is also why we chase occupied assets versus vacant assets a lot of cases. You know, we have the more opportunities to get the borrowers back on track. If it's vacant, doesn't mean we won't buy it if it's an area like, but we just, if it's been vacant for more than six months, you know what happens. The air conditioner walks off, the copper goblins show up. If it's in a cold market like Chicago, you know, Ohio or Michigan, you have ice now an interior water feature it turns into yeah. an ice sculpture, you know what right. I mean? That kind yeah. of stuff.
0: All right, we all know adulting is hard. You know what shouldn't be hard? Buying a house. Robert Coomer has helped us and our friends buy and refinance houses for the past 15 years. Every time we work with him, we know we're getting the best service possible and that the person on the other end of that phone call has a smile on their face. And that leaves a smile on ours. Call Robert Coomer. He does all the heavy lifting for you so you can worry about more important things like what kind of wine pairs with your leftover pizza. But seriously, give him and his team a call at 702 850 2000. You won't regret it.
1: So. Scott, man, I'd love uh, if you come across vacant stuff in Vegas, I would shoot it my way and then I could tell you what to pay for it. You buy it, you peel it off. We'll buy it from you, you know, at. Uh,
2: we make it a win win. That's, oh, that's the Dude, you know, that's the We can make thing. so
1: much money together.
2: And and that's the thing. It all comes down to – this is one of the things we teach our students, like, hey, find somebody who's an active investor, who really knows their market, because you don't have to be – if I was in Austin, I haven't seen – I've seen maybe 10 notes in Austin the last 10 years. This is why I buy outside of Texas a lot of times, because Texas is a fast foreclosure state, so everything's overpriced here. The banks know it's a faster foreclosure state. So I like targeting states that have a longer foreclosure process than the Lone Star State, and we usually – you know, that doesn't mean if I see something that makes sense, to text up buy, but I've, I've been buying in Florida, which had a year plus foreclosure rate. I don't mind it because that means I'm going to buy at a bigger discount and it may never go to foreclosure because I'm going to end up working out and, and working with that bar to get back out of track, give them some time to get back on their feet. And I'm not on the hook for the full 400 grand in debt. I'm only on the hook for 200. So I'm a lot more flexible in, in working out the payment plans.
1: Really, I mean, it's 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 quite impressive the model. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of outs. There's a lot of room for error because you buy it at such a discount that you, the mistakes can be made. Things that could go don't have to go your way, and you don't get smoked. You know, flipping. I think it's such a at this point. There's so much competition, specifically in Vegas. Maybe there's other markets that are a little looser. You've we've really got to be precise and 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 accurate. And you know, our margins, you know, we are we are razor thin. You know, and that's yep. why we got to do so many of them. And we, you know, we have years like this year that were outrageous and you know shocking. And then you've got you know regular life. But uh, so what I kind of want to do is is I is I, you keep saying you have students. So did you build a business around teaching people
2: this model as well? Well, I, yeah, I started back doing this back in two thousand eight. All right, when I started, I stopped my fix and flipping business. I sold my last rental. And I just started, like, bu- buying notes. I mean, I bought a- So
1: you don't own property. any rental property? You don't own any real estate? You're just-, you're just No, you're I a own bank. real
2: estate. I do. There's stuff that we take back, that we foreclose and we take back, yeah. There's other assets, like we bought a, a portfolio of contract for deeds from a couple of funds. so we've got a portfolio of performing contract for deeds. Where it, my auntie's the owner. So, yeah, I own real estate. But the, I prefer to own the note, prefer to be with a bank uh, on that. I sense. would imagine. Because all we're you owning
1: know, real estate for is the cash flow.
2: That and also the depreciation, the write-offs, uh, tax, yeah, tax yeah. consequences which are good there for you. But here's the thing: I started buying these notes. I started getting these lists from banks. I'm like, I'll give you Capital One. They sent me a list of all of their small balance commercial assets back in 2000. It was 34 page PDF, and it was all the font was in like six point font. Wow. All the stuff that they had—I mean, everywhere: San Diego, Cal, you know, Vegas, Florida, Texas—all stuff. Well, I couldn't buy it all. You know what I mean? It was so many assets, so. I started seeing these deals and people understand the fix and flip. They understand the landlord mindset, but they're like, I don't understand that note game thing. So I started just sharing webinars, started sharing videos of me out, talking deals or me in my office doing whiteboard breakdown of the deals. I started having people like, I like the deal and I want to invest with it, but you got to teach me how you're doing it. And I'm like, that's fine. So we started teaching classes a couple years into it and that's blown up. I was the educator of the year a couple times. Uh, We've helped thousands of people. That's the biggest thing is that, you know, I love it. I'm buying for myself first and foremost. Um, we like teaching people how to do it, but a lot of people they get in the education side. That's all they do. That's right. that's never been the case. It's always about we close notes, not we teach notes. Is my company? Sure. You know, we I love that. Notes. So yeah, so we're constantly buying. We're constantly reviewing assets. Uh, we're still the, one of the best ways to find the people that have these assets is, is contacting the internal departments at banks. I mean, you're not going to walk into the, the, the office down the street and say, "I want to buy your notes." It's a different department. It's not. It's not customer service. It's not loss mitigation. It's actually most banks will have one of four names. You like the special assets de- the department or the secondary marketing department, um, the whole loan trading desk for like uh, REITs and insurance companies that have done a lot of stuff. Or your smaller banks will have like a chief credit risk officer that manages the non-performing notes. And it all comes down to how the bank is leveraged. To there are what's beautiful is that if a bank is FDIC insured, they have to report quarterly their earnings their losses their defaults so there's a, a third-party source that we use called bauer financial that we buy a report from every quarter where the banks they literally send us a report and every bank that has more than five branches across the country shows us how many d- notes and defaults that are more than 90 days late how many are in sub-performing 30 to 89 days late percentage of the portfolio and so that gives us kind of the hot hot deals are hot banks to reach out and talk to, see what they have on their books. And, uh, you know, they may have one deal a month. They may have a thousand deals a month. It just varies from bank to bank. You know what I mean, Josh?
1: So let me ask you something else. I loved what you said there is that you you don't just teach. You uh, you teach and do. You, you, you teach what you, you do, what you're teaching. Yeah. Um, I, I love that too, because I never want to teach something that I don't, I don't want to sell bullshit is probably the better the better yeah. thing, because I'm I'm organically, and I I know this about myself, and I, I would argue you are too. You could just the second you interact with somebody, if they have the ability to communicate, you could argue that they're a pretty good salesperson. So yeah. I could just simply sell bullshit, <laughs> um, and I never wanted to do that. So I'm a big believer in whatever I am selling or whatever I am preaching that I'm actually doing as well, and I and it's a proven method. So I think that's awesome. Something that I like to talk about on my podcast is it's. As far as flipping goes, because that's what I'm specific to flipping, and then owning rental properties. Is everybody always asks me how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? And they're big believers in in the mechanics of it all. They want to know the mechanics. They want to know like the the step zero, zero and a half, one, one point two, one five, you know, all the way down the road. And what I tell these people is, it's important to have your mind right first, because yes. if your mind is right. Then, all of these, these objections that you're creating in your mind as to why you can't get into it, which is why you're, you're, you're begging me for information because you think I'm just the key to it. When reality, there's a thousand flip books out, there's a flat, a thousand flip YouTube books out, there's a th- there's so much free content that doesn't need to be paid for on how to flip, but you're creating these mental barriers uh, that are keeping you from getting into the game. Um, and thinking that I can answer them for you, anyway. So I'm a big believer in mindset. Is what I was yep. ultimately trying to explain there. It's not just the fundamentals of how to do something. <clears throat> so you're extremely successful. Um, you're you're teaching people how to make themselves successful. I'd love to know: is there something out there that that was a pivotal moment for you? That's a good piece of advice that taught you to persevere, to be creative. Something I don't want to speak for you. Is there, is there a moment that you, or something you'd want to share with your people? and my people that I think could be of value?
2: You're always gonna learn more from taking action than learning. I mean, you could be the most educated doctor, 12 years of education, PhD, but if you've never actually gone to surgery or performed anything, you're just an educated idiot. And that's the biggest thing I've gotten from my mentors is if you're going to a workshop or you're going to a class, you're doing anything that you're learning, learn to implement that in the next 24 to 48 hours. No matter what that. Repeat
1: that one more time. If you go to a class. If, you're,
2: if you go to any type of class, workshop, seminar, conference, don't try to take it all in. Try to find one, two, or three nuggets, but then implement in 24 to 48 hours. That's the number one way that we tell people are successful is we see them taking action immediately. Unfortunately, the education space is, is full of about 90% of non-doers. Yep. People that want to learn, but they, they don't want to actually roll their sleeves up to learn how to do it. I mean, it's, it's great to watch them have a steak, but if you don't know how that steak is butchered, you can't call yourself a butcher if you've gone in there and cut it up. That makes sense. You know, you got to roll Absolutely. up your sleeves and do things. And that's the hardest thing is people get scared of taking an action and you're going to learn more. What do you do? You role play. Yeah. You make some offers. You, you have to start doing the things. If you're worried about Z and you've never even stepped on to part A, B, or C, you're just wasting time. Yeah. And, that was, I think, one of the biggest things is I had great mentors. You got to have mentors who are actually doing it and have been where are at where you want to go and been through the shit because they will save you a lot of time. But if you're asking stupid questions about, maybe not stupid questions, but repetitive questions about how do you make sausage? Well, no, you just get in there and do it. Yeah. You know, that's the biggest thing that most people struggle with is you got to show up, you got to get off the bench, you got to get in the game and start missing shots. Yeah. You're gonna make mistakes. The idea of perfection does not exist. I mean, iPhones, think about this our iPhone, Samsung, whatever, these are what, version 14? If Apple had waited to make the perfect cell phone, we would never be around. They had that, if you look at the first iPhones, they were pretty shitty compared to where they are right now, right? <laughs> but they got it out, they delivered the product, and then they updated it as they went. And that's what real estate operators, you get in, you gotta give yourself time, you've gotta market it, you gotta allow those seeds to grow, roots, and sprout. And just stick with it and be focused. If you try to do 12 different things, you will be a jack of all trades and a master of none. And that's really the downfall of most investors is they try to do too many things versus just sticking that one lane and, and going with it. It's you know, and master that one lane. Once you've mastered, okay, add something else, but you gotta give it time to master.
1: Yep. Man, that was all incredibly valuable. I mean, that that so that stuff gets me excited. You know, I yep, love certainly. hearing that. That is That is all so, so accurate and so applicable and so valuable. Man, yeah, that was really good.
0: Okay, guys, I'm going to take a second to talk about one of our sponsors, Desert Radiology. I know from personal experience how important early detection really is. That's why I recommend Desert Radiology. They have been serving the community for over 55 years and have convenient locations all across the valley. Not only are they a trusted radiology partner of 12 area hospitals, but they are the official imaging partner for all of the Las Vegas sports teams, like the Vegas Golden Knights, the Las Vegas Aces, Lights, Aviators, UNLV, and the Henderson Silver Knights. To learn more, visit their website at www.desertrad.com or make an appointment at 702-759-8600.
1: I mean, I could just ask you a zillion questions about this stuff. So, how big is the biggest package
2: you ever bought? Um, biggest package we bought was 100. And, actually, it was it was 175, but we immediately bought the same package another 44 from the same fund. So it was basically 200. and What is that? 215, 216 notes um, wow. all across the country. You know, we we'll average somewhere between I don't know a hundred, a couple hundred a year depending on what's on the market. Last year was a little light cuz the forbearance agreements and defaults and covid the banks weren't selling as much stuff cuz they were protected. But we're already seeing more in the last 6 months than we've seen in the last like 3 or 4 years. And we do this not only on the residential side but we also do it on the commercial side. And if you think about how hard commercial's been hit, there's a lot of opportunities if you know a specific asset class and know how to evaluate specific assets. Um you know, we've it's a, it's an interesting game. It's an interesting game. Everything's a lot of the same things in marketing and reaching out to asset managers and doing stuff like that. But you never know a way a deal will go. We've had borrowers that we thought would get reperforming right off the bat that we ended up foreclosing on. And we bought portfolios that we thought we were going to foreclose on that with one phone call, the bars all wanted to get back on track and modify or reinstate. And that, that was a beautiful day as well, too, for you. So, I, I
1: would imagine. How many notes do you own right now?
2: I've got a portfolio of 65 right now because we sold a lot off. Oh, that's out. right. I keep
1: thinking that you hold these. So your game is to kind of right the ship. And then you could sell these back. You could resell these um, yeah. to. Okay, that's how you're keeping the money turning.
2: Yeah, or or basically they they foreclose, then we sell the, the asset back, and then we'll double down. You know what I mean, it all the on, on the money we're borrowing. So you know, our our deals are often twelve to thirty six months in a lot of cases, because uh, that gives the most amount to season. I know once it gets back on track, I mean. Yeah, I wish they were all 90 days fix and flips, but a, a, a note business you're note investor, it's a longer play model versus a quick and fix and flip. If that makes sense.
1: Do you do do you get more money the longer that they've been current?
2: Well, it's, it adds more value to that loan. And yeah. depending on what you bought it right, yeah, you could sell it at 85, 90 percent of the dollar. And if depending on what that end buyer is looking for, like a lot of REITs, you know, they're looking for four to eight percent on an investment. And if we bought something cheap enough, I'm like, heck, we can sell it at par sell it pretty close to par or value and stuff like that. And then even if we've got a troubled borrower in a lot of cases in some of the longer states like Illinois, others, if we know that the borrower is a pain in the ass, it's going to be a dragged out foreclosure. It still adds value to what we, what we paid at. So our biggest model is if we get the bar back on track in 90 days, great. We'll keep, it, keep them in there. If they don't respond to things, then we re- will send it to legal to start the foreclosure, or we'll look to offload it for a you know 10 to 20% upcharge of what we paid for it to somebody who wants to take on that exit strategy.
1: I would take it. All right. Let me ask you this. So if we go to – is there a website? Is there some – how does does Josh Glindo become a student of Scott Carson?
2: Well, Josh, I'll send you my stuff. No, charge because I like working with people like yourself. But if those out there are interested, you can always go to WeCloseNotes.com. That's our main – you know, that's our main website. You'll find about our podcast, our education, some of the different deal flows that we do. We've got a ton of videos. I believe in education is great, but you got to take action. Yeah. So – WeClosedNotes.com. Check out the podcast, the Note Closer Show uh, podcast. As well, we just celebrated uh, episode 700. I think is what you were the magic number 700 ah, on the show.
1: No way! How
2: funny yeah, is that? Yeah. That's incredible, so, man. And these are a lot of work. These
1: podcasts. So good for you to be able to do that many of them.
2: Well, it's our fourth year, and I wouldn't be able to do it without production team. And I gotta give give gotta give kudos to your production team. Brittany's been awesome along the way. So uh, I know she's working there, but she, uh, she does a great job. And I tell you what, guys, if you're listening right now, do Josh and the whole Going Galindo team, a big favor: hit that subscribe button and hit that leave a review and leave them a five star review. They're kicking ass and taking names with their content, and we as podcasters, we love to get that feedback from our listeners' audience. So do that right now. They didn't pay me to do that. But I'm sure the checks in the mail.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that was awesome. Thank you, Scott, so much. And you're 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 you could talk for days about how much you, it sounds like you know about this this game, and we appreciate you sharing it with us. And uh, I hope to see you again.
2: Sounds good, Josh. Looking forward to working for you in the future, man.
1: All right, brother. Take care. All right, guys. That's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for listening.
0: If you enjoyed the show, please rate, subscribe, and share our podcast. You can also connect with us on social media or at galindogrouprealestate.com.
1: Until next time, thanks again for listening.